Welcome to the 30-Minute Hour. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss business, sports, politics, and whatever's on our mind. I'm your host, Eric Twiggs, your procrastination prevention partner and the author of The Discipline of Now, 12 Practical Principles to Overcome Procrastination. Have you added a 13th practical principle? No, Ted, I'm just going to stick with 12. <laughs> stick with 12. I don't want to overwhelm anybody. I think 12 is a good number. It's a good number. All right. Yeah, I was I was reading something. They said you have to mention something 11 to 15 times at least to get it to really stick and resonate. So okay. I got a few more times to mention it in the opening <laughs> for that to happen. Okay. So joining me this week, as always, yeah. is Ted Fells. He is our business strategist extraordinaire and all-around good guy. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. All right. It is a happy Monday, it isn't is. it? That's right. Any Monday that you can say happy Monday is a happy Monday. Happy even though the Redskins lost. Whew. Man. Yeah, we got to talk about that. It's, it's brutal. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. All right. And then also joining us is the Renaissance man. He is the man who refuses to be pigeonholed, Britton Smith. Please, please, keep your seats, keep your seats. Stand one. <laughs> right. Also, the man refused to be on time. Right. He refused <laughs> to be timely. That's, we should add that to every, every week, man. Brent, why every week, Brent? I got to text you Practice. and let you know about the show. Practice. Every week. Practice? Sound check. <laughs> you talking about practice? <laughs> you talking about I can see if I miss the show. What you talking about? Practice? Not the game. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. So, I'm excited about our guest. We'll, we'll bring her out shortly to be on the show. As you know, Ted, her and I are on another show, the Book Talk Show. Mm. She's a fellow co-host of mine. She's with, with doc, the great Dr. Sharon H. Porter, who's the host. Mm. She's been on, between her and I, we've been on all these different podcasts. and Shocking. So, Britton, this is something I... I, I, I I got something on my mind. Okay, you, you want to go this You, you yeah. need to get something off your chest. Got something, something on, on your mind. Chest, something on my mind. Okay. Every week on the show, you're talking about these people that you are on these different podcasts. Like I look on Facebook, some book signing. Like it's all these things that you're doing. And Britton, do you get invited to any of this stuff? Not once. <laughs> like, I don't know if when the, the invites come in or whatever, you just grab the mail or whatever, but you can, we don't get invited to anything. So you think I'm like, hey, you know, Ted and Britt, they couldn't make it, so I'm just going to go ahead and fill in for <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and fill in for They the send kids. their best stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. That, that, that's, what I, <laughs> that's what I think is happening, Britt. I'm telling you, man. It's... It, it, Every, every week, I mean, I mean, you got more podcast. I mean, do you have a full time job? I mean, when you got time to do all these podcasts and book signings and all of that, and have a family? I mean, when you got time to do all? Of it? It's about having the discipline of now. The discipline of now. <laughs> you have to <laughs> not procrastinate. You can't procrastinate. You have to manage your time. Unbelievable. But um, now I tell you, um, yeah. I'm sorry, Britton. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just gonna say, you know. It's, it does, Ted, you're right, it does come off a, a bit David Ruffinish. <laughs> <laughs> David Ruffinish. So some of our listeners may not have any idea. Which, not, not, I'm surprised, Britton, that you actually know who David Ruffin is. If I didn't know, I wouldn't be the renaissance. <laughs> there you go. Right, you go. right, right. But now I will tell you, I mean, on the... Book talk show. I'm mentioning this show. In other places I go, I mention this as well. Sure. I, I do. <laughs> sure you do. Sure you do. <laughs> we, we have two additional subscribers because of everything I'm doing <laughs> to promote the 30-minute hour. <laughs> Those two folks would not be listening to us if it wasn't for all my efforts on all these different shows. I'm just, I'm just know that. I'm telling you, your dad your wife that didn't count <laughs> Actually, that's one because I think my wife unsubscribed. 
All right. <laughs> oh, man. But no, in all seriousness, I, I do have something on my mind. So it's not the Redskins game. Not the Redskins game. I mean, we can talk about that, but that would be depressing. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we're not even putting up a fight. Yeah. How how'd the Bears do? Oh, in our win, uh, d- dominating. As a matter of fact, uh, I think we gave up only six points. That defense was very scary. As a matter of fact, our star quarterback got hurt, so we won with our backup. Mm. Let me tell you what's so funny is uh, Khalil Mack last week chased Case Keenum around so much and just just manhandled him. And then this week they played the Vikings, and I think he thought Kirk Cousins still played for the Redskins because I saw him doing the same, the same thing to, 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 to Cousins. Hilarious. Yeah, when I saw that, I, I already penciled in a win for the Bears because Cousins just – he plays. He's known for fumbling with a little pressure. He's terrible against good teams. Yeah. I saw he's got like a 4-27 and 27 record against <laughs> teams with a winning record. Wow. Really? Is that bad? 4-27. Hmm. So, well, it, let, let's be positive. Okay. But let's look on the bright side. Our, our glass is half full. Okay. Here's my positive statement. Next week, we play the New England Patriots. Oh, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. Isn't that good news? You had like no, like at least the first couple games, like we were thinking there may be a chance to win. This week we know there's no chance we're going to win. Zero. So we have nothing to lose. That's right. Yeah, you never, you never want to be the team that uh, Bill Belichick says that they're on to. Like, you never, you never want to be the next city that we're, right. we're on to Washington, D.C. Yeah, no. We want you to miss the, the plane coming to Washington, D.C. Yeah, we, we're going to take our L and move on to the next game. That's right. Let's skip it. There you go. It's tough. Well, in all fairness, we, we will be. The Chicago Bears are, and I guess this ties into another uh, lead-in towards uh, just some of our, our business tactics, especially following up on a conversation that we've had uh, just about different business strategies. The Bears will play the Oakland Raiders in London. Mm-hmm. And you, you talk about that marketing and the NFL playing more games in London and the strategy of branching out uh, to a new market. Because obviously, you know, the NFL Europe didn't do so hot, you mm-hmm. know, lasted for a while. You know, the, the thought is to bring markets and different markets, major city markets, to these, uh, you know, foreign countries like we played in Mexico played in now London. I think that'll be interesting to see how well that's received going forward, especially by the, the governors and and the players association. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. It's all about that marketing and branding and trying to get the, the teams out there to different markets. It seems like it's working so far. Yeah. Well while we're talking about sports though, we are Mystics, right? They're in the championship again. They won game yeah, one, didn't they? Yeah, one game one, yeah. yeah. One game one. They won <laughs> game one, right? And yeah. then uh and then the Nats. The Nats are on like about an eight game winning streak. So they play tomorrow. Well the Nats Yeah, they'll be hosting the wild card game tomorrow. Right. So, so So eight um, straight wins. I'll be, they'll be ha- they'll be hosting the Milwaukee Brewers mm. and as the Brewers are in the same division as my beloved Chicago Cubs. Um, I'll be rooting for the Nats, so I'll be representing my natitude okay. tomorrow as you guys, you know, look to go to that ninth straight win, especially against the, the Brewers. Yeah, looking forward to that. That's a pretty big deal. So so everyone is not losing in D.C. No, just the Redskins. Just the Redskins. Pretty much, yeah. And I just learned that Britain has a natitude, so that's... Nat- <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Method. Well, but but we did point out we did point out it's not DC. It's actually the teams who claim DC but don't play in DC. Because mm. everything, every all the other teams in DC were were doing pretty well, except you know the Redskins were, you know, claiming DC and then playing in in Maryland. In Maryland, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be a long season. Yeah. So. More little story. Be honest with yourself. 
<laughs> just, just be honest. That's right. So I, I want to talk about something that's on my mind. And it really it ties into our guest. And here's what's on my mind, Ted. Because I know you're sitting on the edge of your seat. Absolutely. I want to talk about moving from tragedy to destiny. <clears throat> that's right. Moving from tragedy <laughs> to destiny. So it was the early 90s. And I'm at Hampton University, and I'm having this conversation with my frat brother, okay. my line brother, Donnell. Now, I have to confess, so he and I, we, we, were, we were a little different. Okay, okay. So he was about his purpose, and I was about the party. Okay, okay. I just got to keep it real with you. <laughs> you, you. You were out there procrastinating. Yeah, pretty much. Your purpose was the party. Right, my purpose was the party. Right. And so this one particular night... He and I were talking about the future. I'm, I just happened to ask him, what do you plan to do? What, what do you want to do? And he's talking about, man, I'm going to be a Marine Corps officer. What about you? And I'm like, man, I don't know. All I know is I'm going through the frat party on Friday night. That's it. I know that's happening. That's it. And he's like, man, you need to get serious. You need to stop wasting time. And I'm like, man, Donnell, chill out. We have plenty of time for all that. We're still young. We have our whole lives ahead of us. Time is on our side. Mm. So are you going to the party with me or not? That's all you wanted to know. That, that's what I wanted to know. Yeah. So several <laughs> weeks goes by. We go home. I hadn't heard from him for a while. And I got a call from his mom. And his mom called me to let me know that Donnell had been tragically killed in a car accident. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it really, that's with me and to this day I think about that because it really sent me a message maybe we don't have as much time as we think hmm. and that's really the moment that I started focusing on time management and thinking about procrastination and really what it cost that that is really in that moment and so like in that tragedy that's where I found destiny hmm. because I can really look back to that point and that's where everything began as far as where I am today I mean, everybody has experienced some level of tragedy in their life. I mean, I, but I think the key to moving from tragedy to destiny is you have to ask yourself the right question. So instead of asking, you know, why? Why me? I, I think the real question is, what's next for me? Hmm. But what's next? So, for example, I know we've got people that are listening that may have gotten fired from a job. But that could be the thing that really springboards them to their business. You know, there, there's somebody that's listening to me right now. It's been on your heart for a long time to start that business. You know that's really what you, you're supposed to be doing anyway. And so getting fired could be that springboard that you need. You know, you may have failed in a business or may have a business that's failing, but that could help you to launch that better business down the road. And see, here's my thing. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Mm. Britain, I'm a conspiracy theorist. So I believe in this thing it's, I've called the divine conspiracy, where I believe that everything is happening for me and not to me. Hmm. And let me say that again. Everything is happening for me instead of to me. It's a conspiracy. Now, I think you just, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an executive, if you're, whatever you're doing, you just have to believe in that divine conspiracy theory and everything happens. And, and you can always, I'm sure, Ted, you can look back at things that were tragic at the time. But that, you look back, you needed that to be where you are today. Yeah. So, so that's the key is that we have to really be able to move from tragedy to destiny. And this fits right in with our guest. And she's someone who's definitely moved from tragedy to destiny, and I'm sure she had moments where she was like, why me? But then she really had to focus on what's next. Sure. And what's next is why we're all sitting here. And she's an award-winning author. She's a motivational speaker. She's a book coach. She's a radio talk show host. Mm. She's been on several shows, Ted. Along with you, I'm sure. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure along with you. Right. You may not realize this, but she's been on the book talk show. Mm, the book talk show. That's right. We're fellow co-hosts with Dr. Sharon H. Porter. I guess I need to 
get a book before I can be on the book talk show. Right. It kind of implies that you have a book if you're on the book talk show. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's also a small business consultant, a certified self-publishing trainer and book coach. Her purpose is to help others become successful and dare to be fearless. She's authored three books herself, uh, How to Be a Success by Just Being You, Memoir, Deception of the Heart, A Real Look into Domestic Violence, and Are You Living or Existing, and the Pros and Cons of Balancing Life. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming to the 30-minute hour, Kimberly McLemore. Yay. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Yes. Great introduction. Thank you so much, you guys. How are you all this evening? Great. Fantastic. Thank you for coming and joining us. Fantastic. Well, like I said, it, it's an honor having you on the show. I get the pleasure of talking to you once a month on the book talk show, and I know you've got a fascinating story, and I, you note that your purpose is to help others become successful and to dare to be fearless. How did you discover this purpose? Well, um, I actually discovered it by just the fact of everything that I went through, um, and not just so much the personal side, but also on the business side. Um, and I actually come from a family who's been in business for more than 52 years, so being an entrepreneur is going to kind of set inside of me from the time I've been brought into this world. Um, and so I've always wanted to help people. But then I think a lot of times it takes something happening to you in order to push you forward a little bit more. And even though I'm an author now, prior to being an author, I had actually owned my own business for more than 10 years. Um, I'm originally from Davenport, Iowa. I'm not originally from the DMC area. So I've always been doing something. And my big thing was always about, hey, you know, there's other people out here who don't know and need help. And that's really how I got into doing the small business consulting side. And then I actually trained people how to develop their own small business plans. And then it just kind of flourished from there. So it, was it at like a young age? Was it like in college? When you um, it was in my it was in my twenties and thirties, so it was late twenties, early thirties. Because I'm prior military, so it was more after I came out of the military full time. Mm-hmm. Is when I really started to invest. So actually, I'm starting to show my age. So yes, I'm in my fifties. So yeah, so it was, a, it was when I was a little younger. <laughs> a little younger. Okay, so now if you could go back in time, you know, getting your mm-hmm. DeLorean time machine to, to back when you were in your late twenties. What advice would you give yourself based off of what you now know? The advice I would have gave myself in my 20s was to live my dream earlier, Um, Mm. focus more on me instead of others. Um, I think I have a tendency, and I think as as general women do, as general, they always put others first. Uh, You know, I started to, I think, live my life a little early when it came to being in the military. I got married early, had a son early, and it was like, Everything just went in the back burner for me, and it really took me many years to, to realize that everything that I wanted to do, I never really did. And even though I was pretty well done in the military, I enjoyed that. It really wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I, I had danced for, for more than 20 years. I did all these things as a kid, and then I literally just stopped. So if I had an opportunity to go back and talk to that young girl again, I would have said, Go back and live your dreams and worry about the other things that will come in time. Hmm. Interesting. Eric, Eric, that sounds that sounds that sounds that sounds like a millennial response. <laughs> so you mean to tell me we got it, millennials got it right? <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, you, you might have gotten it right on that one, Britton. You you might have gotten it right. I mean, we we think about someday. You know, I went, I'll get around to doing it, but I think the key is, like Kimberly's saying, I think you have to do it now. Yeah. You, you really have to, whatever that thing is you feel that urging for, uh, you, you have to do it now. Um, and it, I mean, what you're saying is kind of tying into some of the things I've discovered. You know, mm-hmm. the, some, someday will may never come. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I had plenty of those moments where I did not think I was going to still be here today. Hmm. Hmm. 
So now how do you help your clients to become successful and dare to be fearless? What, what specifically do you do? Well, it really depends on what their circumstances are. So if I have an individual that was coming to me saying, look, I want to start my own business. I really love focusing with small business owners who are new and they don't really have a path. So a big thing for me is really talking to them and helping them put together a business plan. Mm -hmm. I think business plans are essential and they're necessary when you're starting a business or whether you're an existing business because they're supposed to be a revolving document that you keep utilizing and growing within your business. So that's a big piece that I work with them on. And then teaching them a lot of the basics of what we we think that we take for granted. I mean, it amazes me how many people don't know what it what it means to have a budget or even know what their bills are monthly. So it's all the little things that they don't think about, I really open their mind to. I remember many times back in the day when I was doing classes um, more in an open environment, I would actually take people to the library. So it's just teaching them the right tools and resources that they need to have in order to be a successful business person versus just saying, hey, I'm going to go out here and start a business, and then 90 days later, they're no longer existing. And then from there, um, even after they've opened that door, is maintaining that um, encouragement and maintaining that uh, relationship so that they can continue to be successful. Then the next steps would be, you know, providing their resources to other people. I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. I honestly believe that there's enough individuals out here that everybody can learn from. So that's what I do for those in the business world. Now, if you decide that you're not about writing, uh, doing a business, but you may be interested in writing a book, I help you rewrite your story. So whatever that story may be, whether it's positive or negative, or you just want to train somebody or teach somebody, you should be writing a book. I honestly believe that as a business owner, you have enough tools and resources with you within yourself that you should be sharing that in a book to uh, to give others the guidance that they need to have, so they're not out here struggling. Um, in order to make it. So those are just a couple of things that I do, but that's a big part of what I mean about daring to be fearless and learning how to uh, live your life within your best self instead of worrying about what other people think or wondering when I should be able to do this. There's no such time as limit when it comes to your life and living your dreams. Hmm. So So you can't say I'm too old or I'm too young? No, you can't. I um, definitely have talked to, you know, the younger kids. I'm not talking teenagers. We're talking, you know, I've got clients who've been eight or nine years old, and they're talking about, well, you know, I want to be this or I want to be that. They're already doing the business but don't really know how, or they may need help with their parents in order to help them move forward. And I've got clients who are old as in their late 60s. What I have learned, though, is that most of the clients that I've worked with or, or I've spoken to, they they're – more sound when they are in, I'd say, between 45 up to their 60s. And a big part of that is because we live life. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've had a lot of things that we can explore and go back to and think about, and now we can write those things down or we, we can share those things within our business. So sometimes having that um, opportunity to live a little bit longer and doing a few other things helps you grow better and quicker and, has, and you have a better business concept to some degree. So... You know, I have also had clients who are in that millennial age bracket. They think well, they're more top on their feet when it comes to technology, but sometimes having that experience, they're not going to have just that. So being able to combine with each other actually works out quite well because a lot of the business that I do outside of myself and and having a team of people, I work uh, quite a bit with the millennial group because, because they have that extra something that I may not be willing or want to learn at this point, but I need to have them on my team, but I've been able to really truly understand their dynamics and how they can then how they understand my dynamics as being somebody in their 50s and what I've learned throughout life, we, you can usually marry up pretty well together. So it just really depends on the clientele themselves. Yeah, uh, Britton is really sitting up straight in his chair <laughs> as you mentioned all that stuff about the millennials. So. Right. Yeah, he's poking his chest out and everything. While, while, while taking selfies on the <laughs> And posting it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so Kimberly, you, you said... As the Renaissance man, that's a good thing. At least he has an understanding of what it means to go back and then, you know, continue to be able to move forward. So that's a good thing. There you go. There you I, will, go. I will say this, though. Britain is the, the oldest millennial, though, because Britain will bring up some stuff that's like it's back in the 70s. Right. So I don't really know if Britain really is a millennial. I think Britain is really 63 years old. Okay. 
before. Yeah, he's been here before. That's right. Uh, so, Kimberly, you mentioned, you said something, and Ted and I did like a double take. Um, mm-hmm. You said you have nine-year-old clients? I've had, yes, I've had very young clients. Uh, when, and I say that because I've had people reach out to me where uh, usually it's a mother and daughter team or vice versa, and they just want some basic information. And, you know, usually it's one of those children who have been through a situation of, hey, I want to bake or I want to do this, and they're already in the business, but it's just those little itty-bitty things, like I said, just doing a, business, a basic plan and learning just to get some few tips. So just being able to have that conversation, and I always tell parents the biggest mistake that we make sometimes as parents is that we, we've always been taught to just get, you know, you grow up, you uh, go to school, and then you get a job. And I'm always the person who wants to encourage parents to tell their kids, you grow up, you go to school, and then you take that information and you turn it into a business. It's not always about just going out and living somebody else's dream, learn to live your own, and it, and it starts at an early age. And I've done that with my son, and I continue to do that with other people. So my son has, has grown, obviously. But that was the, that mindset that I've always given him. And when I thought back about it, I think about how my parents did the same thing. But a lot of times, as we grow into our own adulthood attitude, we think that we know more. We think that we can do things, and we steer our way in our direction in a way that we shouldn't. Because I think if I had stuck on the path that my parents really had set for me, I would be 10 times further than where I'm at today. Mm. But no, I think that's awesome that, you know, you're exposing the youth to kind of that whole entrepreneurial mindset because, it, you know, you're conditioned to do what you're told. You're, you know, the Absolutely. society conditions you a lot of times to be a factory worker. Okay. You know, you go to lunch at a Absolutely. certain time, you go home at a certain time. So that's kudos to you for that. Thank you. So let's discuss your books. So in your fir- the first book you published was How to Be a Success Just by Being You. So what, what inspired you to write it? Well, I wrote this book. It literally took me about 24 hours to write. Um, I happened to be in a situation, I was listening to what you were talking about earlier, how certain things can happen to you to make you get up and move. And you were talking about specifically a job loss. Well, I happen to be one of those people. Hmm. When I had moved here to uh, the D.C. area, I had a pretty good job. Everything seemed to be going well. And then one day I was told I was actually fired from my job because I didn't have a degree. Wow. And I was fired from a job I was making six figures. So you know what my mind was going through at that point in my life. I was just devastated. You know, I had been fairly new here in the community. I'm living in a a world that's, you know, ten times more expensive than where I came from. And I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Somebody sat there and literally has defined and told me that I'm literally not worthy to be on the job because I did not have a degree. Wow. (laughs) That, That moment literally turned me upside down. And for me, the way that I heal, I write. And I didn't really notice that or discover that until the day I actually sat there and I wrote down my feelings and how disgusted I was that somebody had the audacity to define who, how successful I am because I didn't have a degree and literally fired me, not from just a job. We're talking a government job. Mm. Wow. I didn't know they could do and that. that yeah. follow you for life, right? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So within that the, that weekend I literally just sat down and just started writing and next thing I realized I'm like oh my god I got a book I didn't really know what to do I just started reviewing trying to figure out how I could get this published and like somebody else needs to hear my story somebody needs to understand how we define our success and our our success is not defined through others it's defined about how we live our own lives but it was a lesson that I had to learn and it wasn't because I hadn't gone to school it was because I just didn't have that actual degree so I did go back eventually and go to school. I got my full degree in 2011. And the thing that was great about it is I actually graduated with my son. We graduated three months from part in the same year because he says to me, well, Mom, how can you tell me to go get a degree and you don't have your own? Hmm. So I made that promise. We both graduated same year, and I even uh, made summa cum laude, did better than him. I was at the top uh, of <laughs> of my <laughs> Someone's a little competitive, we see. Wow. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh so well, you know, we learn in life that, you know, you always, we're always asking people to do what we haven't do sometimes. And, and it's typical for us as parents because we, we want each generation to do better, right? Yes. But at the same time, 
I was I had always like I said put my dreams and everything that I've done on the back burner because I am a, a nurturer person. You know, I'm always nurturing everybody and you know, when I was married, you know, my family, my friends, everybody comes to me for whatever reason they feel that I'm that magical person that can do everything and I do that, but then at the end of the day, I realize all the little things that I pushed back and pushed aside and hadn't done. Mm. And, you know, and when you when somebody comes and takes, you know, your job away from you that you're depending on as a single parent to take care of your my son at the time going through college and all the other things, you know, I made this huge move being asked to come out here to this area and then all of a sudden you don't have a job and it wasn't the worst time in two thousand eight, right? Right. <laughs> so everything crashed, so I was like, Oh my gosh. So yeah, it, it just was one of those situations where I literally grew up in a matter of seconds. I had to make my mind up, I had to realize that yeah, some of this was definitely their fault, but some of it was mine because I had not taken the time to do live the dream that I really wanted to for myself. Yeah, I mean, that story is the example of the theme of this show, moving from tragedy to destiny. Mm-hmm. So that, Absolutely. So you may, you may have never written a book if you had kept that job. Absolutely not. Hmm. So, you know, the, the funny thing about this... <clears throat> Kim and, and, and Britain. So, so Britain knows this that I, you know, that I've talked about writing a book for for some time about business and my journey, and I just I have procrastinated. And and every time Kim that you mentioned something about a book and that it took you like two, it's like you did it in like twenty four hours. You ought to see these looks that Eric is giving me over here. <laughs> To just make me just feel like the slacker of all. It's 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 like that look, like you know, you know that look when they kind of twist their mouth all up and just kind of look at you like, yeah. See, she did it in 24 hours. See, if you if you had your own book, then you could be on some of the shows with us because all the cool guys, all the cool kids have, you know, have written books. But you're a loser, so that's why you're only on one podcast, which is the podcast that you, that's your podcast. Oh, so that's the reason why. That's what I'm feeling now, right now. You feel better now, Ted? Yeah, I feel some kind of way about this. <laughs> well, you know, like I tell people, you know, having a book, I just think it, it's it's great. But a big part of being an author is it's, it's always, you know, great that you want to leave a legacy. But like I tell people, the big part of the work of being an author is, is after the fact. It's not so much how you wrote it and, you know, the process of putting it together. It's what you do afterwards. And, you know, I tell people it's not how many best-selling authors, you know, you, how many books you have and, you know, how many titles you have. What are you really doing truly with the work after the fact? So even if you don't have a book today, you can, you can absolutely write one at your own leisure. But it's, you, it's really when people write about their books, it's always about the experiences that they've gone through in life or whether it's a, it's a job that they've, you know, have been through or like you guys have businesses and you're using your experiences and putting it in the book like Eric did. So there's so many different reasons why we do what we do, and I never in a million years had being an author at the top of my list in any way, shape, or form. You know, it was never never a thought that I could do anything like this. I just happened to realize sitting there that day that I had something there, and to me it was what God had been guiding me to do. I just never took the time to do it. Hmm. And I, I think, and you know, we've talked about this on the book talk, I think people tend to discount their story. Right, like this, we all have things that have happened to us, and we think that it's just yeah, yeah, that just happened. But if you tell someone else, their jaw would drop. Oh wow, really? And, and you can, mm-hmm. and you have your book, just the experiences that you have, um, and I, I think the the story is what makes it different from all the other books that are right. out there. No one has gone through what Ted has gone through. No one has gone through what Britain's gone through. So yeah, I, hopefully our listeners are grabbing that, and anyone else who feels like they're supposed to have written a book or they, they're called to write a book, really grab onto that story. Exactly, exactly. It, it's important because, I mean, it, everything's going to resonate with somebody. Yep. And I don't care if it's one person or 100 people. At the end of the day, you'd be surprised it, how many people will walk up to you and like, or even if they're talking to you. I mean, I just had a, recently just had a book signing in. It amazes me when you're connecting with people and they start telling you <clears throat> things that you would have never thought they would come out and say to you because just because they picked up that book in that few minutes or they read about you and it's like, you know, your words connect with theirs and that makes them want to do something for themselves. Uh, you know, I met an author this weekend. 
she was an author coming to our, our book signing, never heard of her, and she came because we inspired her to be something that she didn't even know she was able to be. That is excellent. So you, you just never know who you're going to, you know, touch. Now, do you feel like there's a specific target audience for this book, the How to Be How to Be a Success, just by being you? Is it designed for a specific demographic or...? No, it's for anybody. I mean, the book is so easy to read. You could be a three-year-old to be able to read this all the way up to 100. You know, it, it just really talks more about, not like you talked earlier, about conformity, not feeling like you have to conform to what society tells you to. It talks a little bit about faith. It talks about your mindset. So it's just giving you little things to sit back and reanalyze and assess who you are and why you do the things you do. And that's what's really the type of writer that I am. I am. I'm all about assessing self. Because we are our worst enemies, mm. and we're constantly telling ourselves sometimes, oh, I'm not worthy, nobody like, nobody's going to listen to what I have to say, who cares about what I've been through, what are we going to do today, blah, 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 blah. You know, we constantly are putting ourselves down, and, and the big part of it is because what we see in society every day. We're all being told that we're this or we're that. And until we can learn to realize who we are as individuals and, and assess what our needs are, we're never going to move forward in what we want to do because that's just a typical thing to do because it's, sometimes it's easier to sit back and just do the basic things of life that, that we're told that, well, this is how you do it. You get up, go to work, you know, you pay your bills, you do a couple things, and you come home, that's in the, and that's life. That's not what life is about. And that's exactly the things that I write about. I give everybody a, an opportunity to sit back and just think. It's not about me having all the answers. It's about giving you the opportunity to sit down and say, you know what, Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing in life? And that's really what I do. Mm. Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing in life? That, that's an interesting question. Okay. So then your next book, Memoir, Deception of the Heart, A Real Look into Domestic Violence. So talk about what, I think it's in the title, but talk about what inspired you to write this book. Well, I wrote this book because this is my true story. Mm -hmm. I, w I am a, a, a survivor of domestic violence. That's what people call me. That's not necessarily the words that I prefer to use. Um, I call myself a shero because I'm not stuck in the survivor mode. I was surviving eight years ago when I was getting beat down because I didn't want to be with somebody uh, in a relationship that I had. I was being stalked. Um, I was... Uh, had been at a, a situation where uh, he almost kidnapped me at knife point. So I've been through a lot. And it was such a short period of time, but it was a very significant period of time. Um, we dated for a few years. Uh, the last few months of the relationship went from uh, hell to wherever. I mean, it was just the craziest thing I had ever experienced or ever thought I would have to experience. I, like I said, I'd been married before, never thought I would be in a relationship where um, I couldn't get out of because the person didn't, couldn't accept the fact that I didn't want to be with them anymore. Wow. So this book is really truly talking about certain memories of the things that I had went through that were very devastating for me, but I wanted people to understand that it's not just about the violence. It's, it's more about what a con artist is. It's more about understanding that you are not the problem. It's the other individual and realizing the statistics behind domestic violence and understanding that in order to help yourself, you can't just stop and just walk away. You have to go through the full process of conviction. And what I mean by that is, you know, dealing with the attorneys, going through court. I made sure that this individual got 10 years. Hmm. Hmm. I made sure that he would never put his hands on another woman because they didn't want to be with him. Wow. And this is what this book is about. It is my true story, hmm. in which is the book that I received the award for. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. I mean, this is just an amazing story. I have to imagine you've gotten feedback from people that are in a similar situation. Talk to us about that. I mean, what's that been like? Someone that maybe they're in a domestic abuse situation, they're being abused. What type of feedback have they given you after reading your book? It's it's amazing. It's it's amazing how the difference between how men react and the difference between how women react. Uh, most male friends or people I know, men who have read my book, it's been more hurtful for them uh, to know that I even went through something so tragic, which I found very interesting, the dynamic. And then with the women who have come out and told me their story, 
um, give you an example, the very first time I did my uh, first book signing, I did it in the library here in Alexandria, and um, ironically, there was three women who happened to be sitting in that room who stood up and told us their stories. They had didn't know me from from Adam. They never met me until the day they walked into that room, and they were currently at that moment in domestic violence situations. Mm. One woman was literally trying to find to figure out how she could leave and get her way out. And she says, "I seen the sign posted." on the library door and I had to come and meet you. Hmm. Wow. So you you just don't know what people are going through. You know, when people see the outside shell of you and they believe your life is perfect, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. And so, yes, I get people who will reach out to me and some people just tell me their story of that they used to be and some people just need to know who can I get in contact with so I will give them whatever information they need. If I need, if I need to hold their hand and take them, I will. You know, it's, it's another situation. I met a young lady, uh, happened to be talking to at, at a makeup counter. She does my makeup for me. Found out that her mother had been killed through domestic violence. Mm. So it, you just never know who you're going to connect with. Um, and this this book was written uh, in a few weeks, but I literally sat it on the shelf for six years mm. before I could bring it out. And the reason behind that was because I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, you do face scrutiny. You know, people don't always believe your story. Uh, people don't understand, you know, well, how could that happen to you? And the first question I always get was, well, why didn't you kick him out? Mm-hmm. Or why didn't you leave? I said, no, I kicked him out. This is my home. Mm-hmm. See, people always have a, the judgmental thing going on and don't really understand the whole process and we all go through it i was one of those same people when you hear those same stories oh i can't believe you let that person hit you blah 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 blah, but you never know what's going to happen to you until it's you Hmm. okay uh britain you have a question yeah uh, well first of all kimberly you know um kudos to you and thank you for for being the hero that you are um and we've cracked a few jokes about the whole millennial mindset and concept. Um, but, you know, in that, you know, social media culture that we live in now and, you know, the me first and, and projecting the image that you want to um, to the world, again, we look on social media, everybody posts all the great moments. Right. We always talk about all the good things we've done. And, every you know, if you look on social media, scroll through, it's nothing but highlights. Um, and in this book, of course, you talk about something that's very difficult. Uh, what would you say or what advice would you give to, you know, millennials and, and, and people of all ages of how to move past trying to broadcast those highlights to actually heal and talk about the things that may inspire someone else from tragedy to their destiny? Well, the thing I would tell people, first of all, is that, like you said, I love what you just said about the fact that when we're on social media platforms, everybody wants us to see the good stuff. And I believe that if people would just take five minutes out of the day and just tell one truth and share that truth that they feel that they want to share, because we all know that when you start to share that truth, you're going to get, like I said, scrutinized and you're going to have those people say, well, I can't believe you're telling us this, or either the fact that that they will get so much feedback that it's not going to all be positive. But at the end of the day, when you learn to bring the darkness to the light, you're able to move forward. And what a lot of people will do is that they will push that to the side and that they feel like if they tell all the good stuff in their life, then they feel that's the way that's going to help them move forward. You can't have any type of purpose, you know, if you're not willing to share what what really is that's going to get you to your purpose in life. Because we all have something that we've been through, and it doesn't always have to be a tragedy, but if you share those moments with people, it'll help you, like I said, bring everything to the light and help you move forward. And I think a big part of what people don't do is that they're so worried about, well, how am I going to make money on this? I know What am I going to do to move forward? It, it's not always about the money. And a good friend of mine I had an interview with the other day, I was telling, we were talking, and the one thing he brought up was that, the biggest thing that people live with is they look at profit, they don't look at purpose, and you don't need to have the, the purpose. The profit will come once you know the purpose of your life. So if you just take, you know, five minutes of your, out of your day and just share something that you're willing to have to start a conversation with, you would be amazed with the type of response that you will get. Mm. 
So he said that they look at profit and not purpose. Right. And that, and that happens with most people in business. Right. We all, when we come into business, the first thing we think about is how much money I'm going to make. You know, what, what can I get for my investment, my return on my investment? But if you don't already understand that your purpose, what your purpose is and realize that once you know your purpose, that that profit's going to come, then you're, you're, you're doing everything backwards. It's a reality. When you all sat down and, Eric, when you decided to write your book and all of you are doing the business, you, you, you believed in something. You believed in yourself. Right. Once you truly believe that you had a purpose, everything else starts to fall into place, right? Absolutely. And, and I think one of the things, I think you should choose something that you would do if there was no money involved, that you really enjoy it that much. And, and, and to the point you're not really chasing because it's such a grind no matter what you're doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, no, I, th- I thought that was a great point. So, now, you uh, you received the Indie Author Legacy Award. Talk to us about what was that process like? I'm sure you had to be nominated and then go through different rounds. What was the process like from selection to victory? I guess I'd need to first write a book before I get nominated for <laughs> Right, right. Because yeah, I, I saw that look you're about to do. Like, Ted, you'll never get that. <laughs> wow. Well, the, the neat thing about the Indie Author um, Awards is the Indie Author Legacy Awards, because they're actually called Isla Awards is what they go by. It's, it's one of it's a one-of-a-kind type um, award program, and the reason why it's like this is because they really focus on um, impacted writers who serve unsung heroes within the community. And um, but they only deal with people who would write books that are nonfiction, which I found very um, interesting. And yes, when you the, when they do the Island Awards every year, you know people can be nominated. But the thing that fascinated me when I learned that night in the room that um, after everybody had won, they explained how the awards are actually done and how people are actually chosen. And then even though you're nominated, none of those nominations counted whatsoever. Hmm. They have an actual committee of people who will go through. They reviewed every single one of those um, nominees, and they reviewed. They went back and checked their backgrounds, make sure they were legitimate, legitimate businesses. If they had legitimate authors, um, if they actually followed the, the process that they should as an author, they talked to people through the community. They actually read their books, and that's how they actually determined the winner. And out of those hundred some people who were chosen as finalists, they went, then went to the top 20, and out of those top 20, we were all winners in different categories. I was the winner for social awareness, mm. and it, it just blew my mind. I'm sitting there in the room, and, you know, I'm looking at all these, you know, hundreds of people in this room as it was, and I'm thinking, wow, I was just honored just to even be, you know, invited and to be a nominee, being at the top, you know, list, and then to hear my name, I'm sitting there, I'm like, did I just hear my name? And I'm looking, my girlfriend turns around and looks at me, and she's like, um, I think you need to get your butt on the stage. I was like, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was, a, it was um, a surreal moment for me. I never in a million years thought I would have won, not because I didn't think my book was, wasn't the best or the greatest. We all believe that within ourselves. But it really made me feel very well understanding that I wasn't just picked because people liked me. I was truly chosen because they truly valued my work in the writing that I did. And that, that just made my heart just explode from that point. Yeah, that's great. And congratulations on winning such a prestigious award. Absolutely. Thank and you. Hopefully our, our listeners realize when you pick up a copy of this book, you're getting, a, you're getting it from an award-winning author. Yeah, not just any author. Right. She, she, <laughs> she, she, she is somebody. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, and then your latest book that you published, Are You Living or Existing? The Pros and Cons of Balancing Life. Tell us about that. Yeah, and and this is another book that, like I said, I talk a lot about self-assessment. And the thing I love about this book is that I really kind of dive in to our inner journeys of who we are and sitting back and thinking about are we really responsible enough with the choices we make, um, ensuring that we're living our life at, at, our, at the fullest. And, and those are the things I kind of focus on. And I'll give you an example. Like we'll hear people talk about, 
oh, you know, I went on this fantastic, you know, vacation, and we went to Bali or whatever, and you're sitting there listening, and you're dreaming, like, oh, I wish I could have did that. And then I, and what I ask you is, why are you not doing that? What is stopping you in life that you cannot live it to the fullest without having to live it through the lens of others? Because mm. we, we all have a tendency to do that. Yes. We'll all sit back and say, well, I'm going to do this, this, and that. And a big part of that is because we all believe that tomorrow is coming, right? Mm-hmm. But there's no guarantee for anything. No. So when you start to, to reassess who you are and you start to think about the things that you haven't done, how much longer are you going to let life get in the way and you're going to sit there and say, well, tomorrow will come, tomorrow will come. Well, no, that's not necessarily true. We don't know when our last days are going to be, but we should be living them as if it is going to be our last day. Absolutely. And that's what I really try to get people to do is just to think about all the things that they haven't done and discovering who they are and then um, realizing what steps you can take in order to live the dreams that you haven't lived yet. That is fantastic. So how can our listeners get a copy of your books and access your programs? Well, they can get all my books are on Amazon, um, and they're also on some other platforms, but obviously Amazon is the number one that most people can go to. Mm -hmm. But if they would like to have an autograph um, book, they can just reach out to me through my email at uh, KimberlyMMacklemore at gmail.com, and I will send them a personalized autograph book. um, And so that way they can kind of get that feeling of saying, ooh, you know, the award-winning author signed it for them, but that's usually the easiest way. And then, of course, they can follow me on all social media platforms at um, author Kimberly M. Macklemore. So it's pretty easy to find me on any of the social media platforms. So, yeah, so Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, and it's all under at Kimberly M. Macklemore LLC. All right. And then did you want to promote any of your several radio shows? Sure. (laughs) Sure, yeah. So obviously being an author, I have the um, Author's Corner, which comes on once a month, and I have that on my own radio station um, called Vigilant Broadcasting. And so I have um, two amazing uh, authors that I interview every month on an hour show there. So if anyone is interested in obviously um, being a guest on that show, you're more than welcome to reach out to me through the same email address I just gave a few minutes ago. And uh, all I need is a bio, short bio, a picture, and a book cover, and I'll get you scheduled for 2020 because I'm now working strictly on 2020. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I have another um, business, which most people aren't aware of, which is the Women's Small Business Initiative, which is an online um, platform. It's for women who are looking for resources to start their own business. So basically, it's a free platform for women just to share their information. And so I interview women and men on that program um, who are newer existing business owners um, every week on iHeartRadio uh, from at 7 o'clock on Thursday evenings. So uh, I have that one, and then I have a, a new one that I've been um, tinkering around with with another co- uh, a guest host um, called Lady K and Mr. T Show, and we talk, uh, it's a local show here, and uh, we actually talk um, topics, certain topics every uh, month uh, uh, that we have going on and the things we have going on in the community and just things that just are of interest of ours and experiences we have that we share it with and we will bring on guests periodically for that. And that also comes on right now currently once a month on a Thursday evening. So I assume, so I assume uh, that if I send you my picture and I guess a picture of a book, it has to be, has to be my <laughs> book. I couldn't just... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't well, write this you book. You don't have to have a book to be on my other show, so you could be on my other platform on my iHeartRadio show because you have a business, right? Yeah, that's it. That's you know, it's, it's you're one of those folks that we come across these people sometimes and just this like they gotta have more than twenty four hours in a day. Please, <laughs> please tell us what your day is like. Like when you start your day, just kind of walk us through that because. I'm just trying to understand. Well, usually my day starts out, um, I try to get up around 4, 4.30, and I usually try to hit the gym um, before I actually go work a full-time job. I'm actually a program manager um, as a contractor working over at Fort Belvoir, so I do work full-time, and then in between, after all of that, it's all about the business stuff. So I'm thankful for the technology that we have because that actually helps me 
you know, be able to, to renew, pretty much I can run my business all day long if necessary through my phone <laughs> or the computer. So that's always the best part. But that's pretty much my day. And then by the time I get done, I don't know, 10, 30, 11, it just really depends. I try to hit the bed and start all over again. <laughs> wow. So it's, so it's four. As so you can see, I have no life, right? So it's four <laughs> till about four. 10 or 11. Did you take a nap about that time? And I didn't hear anything about food in there or anything. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, 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 I eat, you know, and, and if I'm really tired, there are some days I come home and I just, like, I need to lay down 30 minutes. You know, I just need 30 minutes before I can start something else. So, yeah, I, I, I have my moments. And then some, some days I just don't want to do anything. And I definitely have learned to take time out for myself. Um, even throughout the year, I will, I will find, especially towards the end of the year, Coming after November, y'all, when I hear, see from me or anything in December, I shut everything down. So, need some um, sleep. because I need that time <laughs> you to sleep, wind down. Sleep deprived. You're backed up on sleep. You need some sleep in December. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I'm good. You know, I've gotten better about it. I was a lot worse a few years ago where I wasn't getting any sleep and I was constantly tired. But, I, you know, now I do monthly massages. So I do find time to take care of myself and. Um, you know, even though I'm busy through throughout the week, I do try to find and make it to where like maybe Sundays where I don't do any work at all. So, Britt, you had a question. No, no, no. I was along the same lines as you. She hadn't said anything about nutrition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she started her day burning 5,000 calories and then went to work. And then got off work and said, now the job starts. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, so I, I just wanted I just wanted to know, you know, uh I know she has a, a Wonder Woman lasso and right. cape and all that. Because right. yeah, she only needed I only need thirty minutes of a nap and then she's powered back up until eleven months from now. Yeah, I'm just gonna write a book. I'm just gonna write a book. I'll, I'll sleep in December. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so Kimberly. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Now I was going to say, so I know you get clients that say, yeah, Kimberly, I, I know you want me to write a book, but I just don't have time. So, so oh, what, yeah. What's I your response? What's your response to my that? Response is, my response is you'll make time for whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. in life um we all like I say have our vices and there's certain things we want to do but you, you know when you time. start to make excuses when you're not going to get things done <laughs> you look at me so, one more time you know right? it's one just like anything time. that we've done even with our businesses we we really decided when you wanted to do a business you you jumped in there and you were all with all fours right it's no different than writing a book and I get the question all the time well how do I become an author we'll just start writing We'll worry about the rest after you start writing. And if you haven't started writing, I can't help you with anything else because there's no need to, right? So and when I hear those those reasons, it, and I get it because life does get in the way. But if you just take a few minutes out of your day, I don't care if you're writing on a napkin. I don't care if, if you're typing out or if you're recording it. Just take, if you have something on your mind and you want it for your book, find a way to, to, to put it down. And you would be amazed when you get done how many pages you'll have accomplished because the next thing you know you will have your book so it really just depends on the individual yes but, but I, I like to ask that question when, when people that are getting all this stuff done you know because it, it takes away mm-hmm. excuses if you know if you you have the same 24 hours as everyone else so exactly yep it's just a matter of uh, making the time to make it happen yep absolutely all right so, so we're at the point of the show, we're about to go around the horn, where we all give final thoughts that we want to leave the listeners with. So we'll, as you being our guest, we'll start with you, Kimberly. What, what is, what's your final thought that you want the listeners to remember? Well, I guess my final thought, I really want to focus on the fact that October is the month of domestic violence awareness. Hmm. And it's actually National Domestic Violence Awareness Month in October. So the one thing I always like to tell people is that if you know someone or you see someone who is being abused, don't um, ask them the question of why. Just be there for them and support them. Help them and reach out and give them a hand. Uh, that's what I want to leave you with for the evening. Hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Okay. Ted? 
Yeah, it was just so, <clears throat> so much. Uh, you know, you'd made a, you'd said something about, uh, I guess, purpose, uh, purpose over profit. I think that's what you had said. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that's <clears throat> that's really important as a as a business owner. And you know, there's some days when the the profits are not looking like you'd like them to look, but then you need to step back and I get from what you're saying and just really try to pay more attention to what your what your purpose is and then those uh those profits will come. Great. Great. Britain. Yeah, I just want to uh transition uh to something and uh, we talked about this earlier and your story, um, Eric earlier um about you and your line brother uh triggered something and I, I, I definitely I would be remiss if I did not mention I had the opportunity to speak with a young man by the name of Javante Curtis, who was a member of um, the Student Government Association, he was the treasurer for the Student Government Association of Mississippi Valley State. And I had an opportunity to engage with him um, and many of his fraternity brothers, Omega Sci-Fi, and talk with them about voting and voting efforts and doing some projects there. And um, unfortunately, um, as we left the football game, the Alcorn State versus Mississippi Valley State football game, as they were heading back up to Mississippi Valley State, um, they were involved in a single car uh, accident on the highway. And unfortunately, uh, Javante Curtis did not survive. Um, But in my last conversation with him, um, he talked about um, all that he wanted to do for the community and all that he was wanted to utilize his platform uh, through his fraternity as well as in student government uh, to maximize the exposure for his community. Um, And I definitely would have been remiss if I did not mention that and extend my condolences to his family. But, um, and I'm glad you brought up the points you made uh, that this is definitely an opportunity to take that tragedy, um, and I and, and I hope through all of this, uh, whether it's the Line Brothers who were uh, involved in that car accident with him, through fraternity brothers, through uh, peers at the school and the community at large who heard of it, would 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 take this opportunity to uh, maximize the the purpose that he had already discovered um, and live and do for their community. Yeah, thanks, Britton. I, I, that happened on Sunday. Yeah, I, I heard about that earlier today. Yeah, late, late, it was, yes, late Saturday night, that early wee hours of the morning as they were driving yeah. back. Yeah, man, I appreciate you for bringing that up. Man, that's, I mean, it really just, just tomorrow is not promised. Yeah. You know, we just have to seize the moment. And so, so my around the horn, it's about finding purpose, finding your purpose. I get this question all the time. What's my purpose? How do I know what my purpose is? I want to find my purpose. Just look through your life. Look at those things that you've overcome. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you have to look at those experiences. Everything happens to you for a reason. Yeah. Nothing just happens just to happen. Yeah. And I think so if you want to look at, look at what you've overcome and, it could be something that you can help others to overcome. I mean, I'm, you know, I've been in the National Speakers Association, and we've got speakers that were victims of abuse, mm. when they were sexual abuse when they were growing up, wow. and now they help people to overcome it. We have people that went through terrible divorces, mm. and now they work with women, or they work with men to help them to deal with their divorce, and they feel really fulfilled. So look at your story. Look at those things that happened to you. It might have been a tragedy, but now it can become your destiny and you can really help someone through your experience. I mean, that's my around the horn. Hopefully you find your purpose and you operate in your purpose. And before we sign off, Kimberly, you want to tell everybody again how they can access you and your books? I certainly will. Like I said, you can catch all my books on Amazon.com. You can get them there. And if you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at Kimberly M. McLemore at gmail.com. On all my social media platforms, it's at Kimberly M. McLemore. You can also go through my um, website at www.theauthorscorner.net. You can reach out to me anytime. All right. And again, for everyone, this is not your everyday podcast. You can find us on Facebook, 
on Instagram, on YouTube, and on iTunes. We're on all the other platforms too, but you want to definitely go to iTunes, type in the 30-minute hour. Uh, if you're on iTunes and you're on YouTube, you can actually hit that subscribe button and get an automatic update for when we do a new show. This has been our show for the week. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a great show. I mean, we have such great guests every week. Absolutely. Yeah, such great guests. Mm-hmm. You did a did a good job bringing Kim on. You made me feel bad again about the whole, you know, not having a book. All right, so tell you the next author we bring on. When I I, I won't even look in your direction. Oh, sure. When I'm talking about writing a book sure. and all of that. Britain doesn't have a book. Brit, Brit, do you have a book? I am writing chapter three right now. Give me 21 more hours. <laughs> All right, no sleep, Britton. No sleep. Britton was writing right. his book right. as we were going through the show. That's right. All right. Yeah, no, when she said 24 hours, I, I knew Eric was going to look at Ted because oh. I'm not in the studio. So oh, I yeah. said, well, this is perfect. I get to hide out. and Let me go ahead and pull out a pen and a pad and <laughs> Start writing something yeah, now. Right, I just finished my first uh, sentence of my book. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, that's what you have to do to get started. That's right, that's right. Can't have the next sentence without the first one. <laughs> right, right, yeah, no. Ted, Ted, you can follow my blueprint. Mine's a short story. Okay, okay. <laughs> and on that note. That's right. This has been another episode of the 30-Minute Hour. And until next time, have a great one. See ya.